0: I will work day in and day out wake up and smell the coffee. I want to return to the European Union. Another future is possible, but we've got to fight for it. Order! Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by an incredibly talented comedian who, during the brief premiership of Liz Truss, was everywhere. Um, you certainly can't have failed to miss her content. Noreen Skinner, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, it's a delight to have you on. And before we get into um, the amazing stuff that you did um, during Liz Truss's premiership and and, and subsequently with her as a a character, I'd like to ask, how did you first get involved in comedy? What was your route into um, producing comedic material? How did you first get involved in it?
1: Well, I always really enjoyed comedy from an early age and I just really loved watching any programmes that involved anything comical. (laughs) Uh, I grew up on Alan Partridge and Train and Sketch shows, Smack the Pony and then American Things, I love Will Ferrell and I always sort of really aspired to be like them and I don't know if that was my brother's influence. I spent a lot of time with him, like if my mum was at work or whatever and that was what he, he was watching so maybe I was just trying to be cool. Uh, like him (laughs) and um, then as I got older I I actually trained in musical theatre and I loved it but I didn't feel like it was fulfilling something else that I wanted to do and I just happened to do a stand-up set at the end of my three years of training and it went really well and it was kind of from that moment I thought oh okay this is actually what maybe I need to focus on but it was quite a long journey with it because I ended up sort of stopping in my tracks and then kind of trying to pursue musical theatre because that's what I had trained in. And it was only probably, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago that I really started to hone in again and kind of, I kept gravitating back towards it, you know, within my work. So started a comedy duo and then and a comedy trio. And interestingly, the, the trio uh, was a comedy cabaret trio, so it was kind of... Intertwining all of those elements, but um, I just whatever I do, whether I try to go away from it, I always get pulled back. I just love you, and I love the I love the creativity and the process of it all, really. Mm. And did you
0: did you like ever set out to see a distinction between you? you mentioned that um, you started doing um, stand up. You did you did a stand up set. Do you see any distinction between say? doing stand-up and, and, and the cabaret um, stuff that you were doing or, or did it all kind of like intertwine and evolve naturally? Did, did you start performing comedy in one format and then naturally evolve into another or, or, or did you sort of like just try whatever you could?
1: Yeah, it's a good question that. Um, I think i I used to think it was all very separate I definitely felt like you do stand-up or you do sketch comedy or you do cabaret like they i didn't i mean I, obviously they intertwined but i didn't feel like i knew how to do that um or even know at the time that that's what i wanted to do so um i think stand-up was was like i felt like is the starting block for for everything and sort of then other things come but i think that's completely changed now like i feel like anything's possible and it was interesting it's only I, I suppose as your confidence grows and you start creating things and um forming the duo and started uh, doing sketches and went to edinburgh That then you find you meet people along the way like i i met my comedy partner uh on a pantomime um being <laughs> we were just beating the beast and we were playing um those famous roles uh baguette and croissants <laughs> <laughs> literal roles bread rolls um that nobody's ever heard of before and we just were finishing off each other's sentences not not um that sounds like that's what we just did in life that was the parts we had to <laughs> finish <it off. laughs> um and then we just got on really well and so it that was a natural organic experience to kind of um jump from but that actually weirdly because we kept getting pl- employed together we ended up being like clown we were doing clown work and things and we <laughs> were <a laughs> russian um, Russian uh, uh, frog tamers dancing frog tamers are one job um, so I think by that point it felt like all cards are off the table like anything we could just do whatever we wanted and that's when dance started coming into it and then a couple of years later then met uh, the, the other members of the comedy trio the Dots and um, that's when it was like well actually Every comedy is always based on truth, like that if we put truth into this, then you can mix whatever medium you want within it. And, and the next thing was on Britain's Got Talent. So it just it, it's um, it's definitely been an evolving thing, I think.
0: So when did you um, first start filming um, sketches and, 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 and filming content that way? Was it post Britain's Got Talent or, or before?
1: Um, it was before, um, basically the pandemic, everything stopped and I didn't know, you know, us, we all didn't really know what to do with ourselves and work had stopped and I just wanted to be productive and I'd been putting that on the shelf for years and years. I'd always wanted to do sketches and with the dream being that I could be on a sketch TV show or have my own one at some point and I just was too scared <laughs> to put anything on there and I thought with the pandemic and putting things into perspective I was like well I'll just keep throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks so basically just started a bunch of characters and started doing it from there you know nobody was nobody was viewing them or watching them so the worry that I had that uh, either they were rough didn't really matter because I mean the hours I spent thinking oh god better not put that out better not put that out and then nobody saw it anyway um it didn't didn't really matter, I suppose, in the grand scheme of things, and it felt good to do something I'd always wanted to do. And and how did that transition from doing
0: original um comic characters to, to doing impersonations, to doing it to doing impressions, to doing political stuff? I mean, had you experimented with doing impressions beforehand or or was it something that just kind of naturally evolved as you were doing the videos and you thought, Oh well, this would be something interesting to do?
1: Yeah um the truth be told I'd never even thought about doing impressions because I never thought I'd be any good at them um so I just basically I I also in terms of political stuff interestingly I'd never been I say interested there's a wrong word I never felt like it was something that we wanted to do within our comedy with them, my comedy duo and um it it felt like we wanted to just stay away from politics and, and be an escape from, from everything. Just we were yeah. a really small poverty as well. And, yeah. um, so I didn't really feel, again, maybe a bit of an imposter. I didn't really feel like I maybe knew enough. So I'd always shied away from that and therefore uh, impressions of politicians, but also just impressions generally. Um, so it was only happened to be that, um, this is a true story, someone said to me, um, oh you need to do Liz Truss and I was I don't know who she is and then I was on uh, TikTok and I saw this woman talking about cheese <laughs> I thought she was a comedian <laughs> genuinely I thought like this person who looked maybe like she had similar casting to me mm. similar that she was doing a better job than me at comedy um, and maybe I shouldn't do it anymore and then it was only when I put two and two together, and a friend said, "You need to do the do something on her, and you need to do it now." It was her her parody um, her her parody campaign, no, her <laughs> campaign video, um, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, like this is real. I have to do something." And that so it actually became again an organic thing that started doing that, and then afterwards the pressure to sort of keep putting out content to do with her mm. and. See, after she 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 left, I I then felt that I'd got this following of people that would follow me for that reason. So I I felt like it was good to try and branch out and do more, you know, uh I say impressions loosely because they are not impressions. <laughs> I mean I wouldn't say I'm They are definitely parodies of, of little things that I think or nuances about them that I've picked up. But um that's the, that's where it's come from. So it's a, a strange, strange journey I've been on. Mm. In in terms of the like
0: the voice and the and, and the physicality of um, playing a, a, a Liz Cross parody, I mean, was it something that you felt that you were instantly able to replicate, or, or how how much work did it take to get the the voice and the, the like the head tilt and, and the hands?
1: Um, yeah, it's a great question. Again, I don't actually know the very first one I did, the campaign video, I don't actually think I paid too much attention to it because I was I was just sort of trying to parody it. Mm. And I kind of got a few of the, I, I tried to really focus on her smile and that sort of silly, silly smile that she does. Um, that was the main one and then I was listening to her voice and I was like, it does sound like she's got a cold all the time. <laughs> uh, so I tried to maybe put that in and few little hand mannerisms so that's kind of where it started those three things really and it was only then again I I think by that time with all of the other non-political content and other uh, sketches I've been doing and then not getting any views I'd got to the point by then that I was like well nobody's really watching these anyway so I'll just do it for my own fun and enjoyment and then put it up on I think it was a Friday night and overnight it just went wild and um, I was like okay if I'm gonna have to do do more of these. I should probably hone <laughs> in a little bit more. So that's when I started doing more, doing loads of research on her and, and like watching loads of her stuff to try and get a little bit clearer with, you know, what she sounds like, phrases that I could then use to get into character. My port markets in Beijing as a, as a as a beginning of me starting to film was like I my, I did my own head in because I just kept saying it over and over again. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I suppose it, it happened over time that then I just kept adding more uh, little details in and sayings that, that would help me keep in the, her character.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, the first one that you did was, was during the campaign. When she won, how did you feel? Did you feel that, oh, this is a great opportunity for me because I've cornered this market and I can I can really, you know, now that this person is prime minister, I can really um, create some, some, some great content from her?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I probably was the only one, and obviously other people who were parodying her or, or doing impressions as well, that was kind of benefiting from her time. <laughs> um, that's for sure. But I, I think it was like on two levels. I was like, yes, this would be good because I can kind of really get out there and and make some a name for myself doing this thing, and can use it as a as a jumping board. But um, also, I was like, oh gosh, this is going to be a lot of work because. I was already exhausted by that point because I kind of was trying to churn out as many videos as I could according to what she was doing, but she was doing stuff like every couple of days (laughs) and it was a new story and by the time I'd actually written one and I was about to film it, something else would have happened. Um, So it was just, I knew what was coming for me. So I think it were, you know, for all I knew that could have been much longer than the very short space of time she was in. (laughs) In
0: in terms of the the, the name, Liv Struss, and and obviously the other characters that you do have have punning names as well. What made you want to create a like a, a, a pun on on their name, just as opposed to saying, you know, this is my impersonation of of Livstross?
1: I think that came from probably like I was mentioning earlier about this the imposter syndrome <laughs> <laughs> it comes to. Well, both politics, but also um, doing an impression of someone mainly, like I, because it was something I'd never done before. I wanted to stay one step removed from from it, that it was kind of a parody of this person. Um, mm. So a way of doing that, so it wasn't maybe the attention didn't have to be so much on my impression, but just the nuances. Um, but also because. You know, but having never done that stuff before, and I do everything I do, I try to do with you know good intentions, and I, I don't, you know, wouldn't want to bully anyone or attack anyone in a certain way. So it was also another way of um, sort of re- removing myself from that a little bit. So it's I was a bit bit separated from from the actual person in some way. Mm. And when
0: obviously her um, premiership came to a. A very, a fairly dramatic end. I mean, how did you feel about that? Because it's something that you had obviously been able to, you know, make a great deal of content out, and suddenly in such a relatively short period, she, she was no longer prime minister.
1: Yeah, I'm not lie. I, I actually like. I I, I was really upset, <laughs> um but not being um, on two two levels because. One, I was upset that, um obviously, this thing that had was going so well, and I was getting interviews and uh t v interest and lots of uh, lots of things that were felt like doors were opening um that maybe had wouldn't have done you know pre without that exposure so um and also, I was thinking I could maybe make it be like the num- number one this <laughs> trust impersonator or something you know or at least be in the mix because I know there are others who are who are doing brilliant jobs as well. Um, but I, I was, I was sad because obviously that, that had finished, but also I think I was sad because I, in, in a, in a relief sense of the word that I could mm. just go, I don't have to I keep churning. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't have maintained or sustained what I was doing like that. That was a, and the most crazy couple of months ever. Um, so actually it was, it was probably a good thing. So I was, it was probably a relief <laughs> the end of it as well, and
0: uh, I mean, you you mentioned earlier that um you know you felt you've had to keep producing uh similar contents, similar like political sketches because you've you've built up a following um through the the Liv struss videos when she um left office, and you you know thought that you had to make similar kind of content, but not necessarily just with her. What, what was your immediate thoughts? As to who you could make content out of, who who you could make videos about, who who you could impersonate or or, or um, create parodies of.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I didn't really know. I felt I felt like a rabbit in headlights, really, because I just kept getting comments from people just being like, "Oh no, were your careers over? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do now?" And I thought that overnight I would just lose everyone, um, all of my subscribers or or whatever. And I thought, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? I need to do something. So I think I was in panic mode. I felt like I needed to do something and quickly. So that's when I sort of just started playing around. And I I was looking at uh, at Rishi. I was looking at Angela Rayner. I was looking at uh, Nadine. So I just... I just decided that I think that that's what I'll do now is just play. I'll use it as a mm-hmm. playground, kind of add a few more people and characters to, to into the mix and see whether any of those are any good. Um, but I, I've kind of like got a joke going now that I'm a, like a political hitman because um, when I did uh, obviously Liz, she disappeared. And then when I did Nadine, my first one of those, I think it was it was a talk TV parody. And then she um, resigned like a week <laughs> late. So I'm like, oh no, I've got some strange powers. But uh, yeah, I kind of my idea being that no one's safe. You know, it doesn't matter what which party or um, you know, yeah, and also celebrities, I suppose. But I suppose at the at the time, and even now, it's there's so much attention around. You know certain areas or certain people um, that's where my attention has kind of ended up going
0: Yeah What? What? What's the, would you say is the process between having a, an idea and producing a video, is it a case of that you see something in the news that catches people's attention or catches your imagination and then you maybe storyboard around it or do you just go straight into writing a a sketch how does it work
1: so it's different for different situations so for example like if liz was to do if we know that she's doing a speech like you know i know she's got one coming up next week um if she was to do a, a speech i would probably um then just tune in watch it and then pick out the finer bits that i think are really funny or really silly and then create a new script around that using key phrases and things that she's she's done, and also try and condense. Often, you know, she'd do a speech that was like forty five minutes long, <laughs> condense it down to two minutes or two minutes twenty for Twitter, which is a <laughs> nightmare. Um, so much content, and um, so that's that's sometimes easier because you have a constraint, you have a a, a thing to work with. Whereas, say, for instance, if there's nothing going on in the news and I, I used to panic that I needed to do something like once a week, mm. then I'd be trying to find something. And I think that almost makes it worse. I've kind of relaxed a little bit now with that. And I kind of, if something pops up that inspires me and it does, it's not a speech, then I'll kind of go, okay. Like you mentioned earlier, I'd storyboard that and say, okay, what could I do? How could I make that work? What setting could I put that character in? and what might they say using things that i know about them from before so like for instance um around the coronation i just did one for, for Liz about the mm-hmm. coronation pie, and um about her baking uh, uh, baking a pie and obviously she hasn't done that but it just seemed perfect for her um so yeah that's it the process i suppose varies but it it is very, it can be very pressured, especially if you know that there's a time constraint on it because, you know, the news moves so fast.
0: Mm. Yeah. And in in terms of um, political comedy, in terms of, of sketches, how much do you think now that this kind of content is decentralised? It's something that, you know, you'll see different creators pop up on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, and it's not similar to how it might have been in the past where you might have had like not the nine o'clock news where you mentioned smack the pony um as an example of of comedy writers and people writing about um politics and and, and newspapers and things like that having a, a a platform on television that being the the sole way that the comedy would be dispensed do, do you think that it's a bit more spread out now
1: I see do you mean as in, in terms of like people being able to it's not necessarily having to be on T V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I mean it's brilliant what social media it, it, you know, it has its pros and its cons. Um but it is brilliant in that you can reach such uh, you know, so many more people than you think or if you get a video that really just ticks a box or at the at perfect time. Hmm. Uh, you can go viral or you know th- th- suddenly you'll get the exposure that then might mean that you can um, make that leap in over into tv so it does feel it definitely feels different um but then i suppose it's difficult for me because i i haven't been doing it online for as long mm. and actually thinking about it when i did my just silly sketches and mm-hmm. and things that i really enjoy and would like to do more of um, they, you know, they, they really do kind of have that attraction because they're not about something particular. They're not current. So it's almost like you, you in, if you're jumping on the thing that is happening at the time, then that's brilliant. Um, but then the pressure that also comes with that, that's the one thing I would say is that, you know, you're trying to do it because everyone else is doing it. And you're trying to make it as uh, good, at you know, great quality as you can. So I've <laughs> got my my boyfriend, like, does all the editing. So it's just mm-hmm. us, it's just a two-man thing. So well, I'll write it as quickly as I can and then we'll film it and then he'll try and edit it as quickly as he can. And, and uh, it's just like this strange, crazy factory for, <laughs> like, 24 hours. Um, but I do think ultimately it's it's brilliant to have this opportunity to... Um, to reach people in a way that you know you wouldn't have been able to you know back in the day um, like I kind of think how did people do that <laughs> but, um, but then I suppose that also comes with a new thing of it being quite oversaturated with lots of people so sometimes that then can make it difficult so it, it does have its pros and cons for sure.
0: Yeah absolutely um, in terms of what you've got planned for the future are you just the immediate future. Are you just thinking of um, continuing making the same kind of content that you are at the moment. Are you thinking of um, creating something a bit different in it, going in a different direction? What What are you kind of like focused on for the for the future?
1: Um, I, I think I would like to keep doing what I'm doing in terms of whatever is current and inspiring. I think I will follow that, and if that's political, great, and if it's not, that's great too. I would like to do some more of my sketches and my older characters or make some new ones as well um and still and just keep building my following really um but I'm also working on I've I've never done a solo show before mm-hmm. and I've done you know shows with other people or you know a trio like I was mentioning earlier but I'm going to go to Camden Fringe this August and do do a show because I just think the whole thing is ridiculous. Like I my career started and ended in <laughs> <all this book. laughs> So it's called The Wise of the Ball of Skinner um and Liz Truss Parody. So I the idea being that I'm gonna fuse stand-up with characters, both political and non-political, and sort of tell my story, I suppose, of 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 what's happened and is happening. Um so that's a new Uh, a project, which I'm really excited about.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, thank you for taking uh, the time to speak to me uh, for the podcast, Noreen. I do have one final question for you, however. Um, If you could choose any comedian, any comic actor, living or dead throughout the great history of comedy to perform material with, who would you most like to perform a sketch or, or to do something with?
1: That is such a hard question. You've thrown me there. there. Um, there. Victoria Wood, I think. Yeah, I just think you know she she was fantastic, and uh, especially with the musical kind of element as well. Um, I'd love to do a sketch with her and then sing a ridiculous song at a piano. Like I just think that would be that would be uh, amazing.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic choice. I mean. Truly, one of the greatest um, comic performers of the of the twentieth century. So I think you've got you've made an excellent choice there. Uh, thank you once again uh, for taking the time to speak to me. If people want to find out more about you, follow you, you know, see what you're up to. Where should they go to to find out more about you?
1: Um, come to my house. No, I'm joking. Um... And. <laughs> It's, uh, my website is uk and I'm Noreen Skinner, uh, which is N-E-R-I-N-E, Skinner, um, on
0: all of my socials as well. Fantastic. Thank you once again for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbeam and Amazon Music. You can also follow us on Twitter at Podcast, like us on Facebook, Podcast, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether about appearing on an episode of the podcast, or commenting on an episode that you've listened to, you can do so at the at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, I hope you listen to the next one.